You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back to 32 Fans. I'm Alex Chester. With me, as always, is Wheels Wienerker. Wheels, how's it rolling? Rolling fine. I feel like this is like my 12th of 35 podcasts this week because I have the 100th Renap. I'm doing a bonus one on a different episode with Rob. I lost uh, New Girl, Old Guy with Allie. We recorded it and lost the whole episode, basically. So we had to redo the entire episode. Mm, it's rough. So a, yeah, I, I, I'm sure worse things have happened to people in the history of the world, but I can't mm-hmm. think of any of them yeah. offhand. Yeah, there are the too many podcasts. I have too many podcasts right now. Yeah. Well, you you also, have... you've been complaining that you have too many podcasts, too, but not to record that you're listening to too many podcasts. Well, just ever since quarantine, you know, I, I lost my commuting time. I lost my sitting at work alone time. And so, yeah, I've been way, way behind on my podcast. And I've been the last couple of days, I've had a bit more alone time than I was planning on it. And so I've been desperately trying to power through and catch up as much as possible. And so I just started deleting uh, whole feeds from my uh, from my podcast app. But I'm still um, I what, got I, I, what got cut? What got cut? The daily got cut. Um, okay. um, the um, the what, what what's the um, I don't remember because I deleted them. I hadn't listened to them in a long time since so I deleted them. What's the one with the ringer with Andy and um, Chris where they talk the about watch? TV? Yeah, the, the watch, watch got cut. Yeah. Okay. Bye bye the watch. Yeah, that got cut. Um, a few how many others. podcasts do you think are now in your feed? Like, how many are you weekly subscribed to? Not everything releases weekly. You, exactly. Is it like, uh, can I guess 76? No, you don't, because I'm, I'm a completist. I have to do 100% oh, right, of yeah, You're yeah. not right. Yeah. I listen, but I'm like, look how many people the- I follow on Twitter, like way fewer than just about anybody else. Mm-hmm. I'm only I have 35 so you have to oh that's not so many but I but I guess a lot of them are but I'm like 100 episodes behind on some of them 35 is not so many I agree I also like podcasts like the Doughboys that I've been listening to for I years to listen I to every not, episode of everything that's my I'm a complete it is very hard issue. and also my kids are home like some podcasts are not uh, appropriate to listen to out loud mm. um so it's 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 a little trickier yeah than than when kids were in school I have not had a day yet where all four of my kids were were in school yeah, I don't think, mm. but it'll be nice when it happens. Yeah, soon. Or actually, probably not. We're probably going in the wrong direction. No, it's we're locking down. We're locking down on Friday Your for a month. Totally locking down. Yeah. We're locking but down. Our, We've, our yeah. schools, you know, are doing okay. But the problem is that I'm just worried that when the Jewish holidays come, people are just going to start flaunting their rules. And if people can't sort of bridge the intellectual gap between, well, school is open, and so therefore I can do anything I want at all times socially, even though school is open under very, very limited restrictions. Right. Right. Limited pods, masks, social distancing, you know, you, you know, after school activities, et cetera. But some people don't understand. They're like, oh, it's free for all. I can do whatever I want. And so, but yeah. 
So all the schools around here have had individual cases, but they have resulted. And what do they do then? They shut down that class, that pod? Yeah. So if there's a, if somebody is exposed, then only that person is out of school. But if somebody tests positive, then everyone in that pod is out for two weeks. Um, yeah. So it's just a matter of time, oh, especially here where we've had a bunch of close calls because uh, yesterday, 10.2% 10, 10. tested positive. So there's no real way to avoid it at that point. Yeah. To avoid like at least quarantine. Yeah. All right. Let's stop talking about this. Let's talk about football. We had a, our yeah, first sure. football Sunday in, in, you know, nine months, and we should be super excited about that. And instead, we're like being morose. And talking well, the about reason it. we're morose is I, I, people, diehard 32 fans, people will know this about you. I can tolerate the Jets being completely useless. And, and well, you've, yeah, you've gotten to be used to it. Let's be honest. Yes. Where you don't want to talk about football when the Vikings lose. You like give up on football for that week. Yeah. You're yeah, really fair. shut down usually, especially a loss like like sometimes well, uh, it's like all right, we it, lost thirty one. That being said, I still watched yeah. more football on this weekend than I, I just whatever watched. I watched from one o'clock until you know midnight straight. I did. I watched the entirety of the Vikings game on one TV with Red Zone on another TV, and mm-hmm. then I watched the entirety of Red Zone for the four o'clock games, and then I watched the entire Sunday night game, and I watched both entire Monday night games. So I actually watched all the football that there was to be watched. I complain about, you know, the 9-3 red zone. You know, you want 8-4, and 7-5. and five, yeah, yeah. But I do think the 3 at 4 o'clock were compelling enough mm, that no. it was, I liked There's it. There's too many times that you're showing fantasy stats or punts. It's or... true, but I, I, I was like, oh, I want to see Brady on the Bucks and I want to see Burrow's first game. Um, so this, is what I, this is what I think they should do. Yeah. If you're watching red zone, you know, just close your Twitter feed or whatever so that you won't be spoiled, I guess. And what they should do is instead of showing live all three games, you can delay one game by 45 seconds. So in other words, they should always be showing actual plays. And there's a way to do it, right? I understand all three games it's, are – except, yeah, except at halftime. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, but let's talk about what actually happened in these games. So how, how do you want to do this? How about uh, – here's what I think we should do. Let's start with a little bit – it's already Tuesday. But let's start with talking about uh, where the teams are now – um, okay. I also I, I also want to do a new segment every week, uh, if it's okay with you, called like the top five coaches that should be fired or like five coaches on the hot seat. Okay. And we'll see where my beloved I mean, – obviously, we, I think we know where he's going to land this week. But, but I'd like maybe if we did ridiculously early power rankings. Can you give me 32 to 1 power rankings? Quickly? Yeah. Well, I mean, I have that every – I did that before the season and I update it every week. So I have power rankings right now. Yeah. We usually wait till uh, week four or five. But I feel to like – To do it on the podcast, it, you're saying. To do it on the podcast. But I feel okay. like it would be fun to do right now. Okay. Yeah. We can do it. All right, so do you want to start at 32, or do you want to start at 1? All right, well, we're going to start at 32, and I got to say that uh, I was wrong, and you were right, because your New York Jets are 32. They're, I mean, they're so bad. So they, yeah. have, they have less identity than any football team I can ever remember. Like, yeah, exactly. Even, well, what, what are you hanging your hat on? What, because even the terrible Jets of the last 10 Jericho years. Jericho Cotchery in fantasy. <laughs> Jericho Cotchery hasn't played in, like, seven years. I mean. <laughs> Jameson Crowder? <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, Jericho Crotchery could start for the Jets, honestly. Yeah. James and Crotter, um, Jericho Crotchery, what's the difference? So, I, I, like, they, at least those teams were, like, historically good at, at stopping the run, which was ironic because nobody runs anymore, and, and you could just, you know, split them open by passing. But they're not even good at that now. Le'Veon Bell, the signing was just completely he, – he does, like, a five-second dance when he gets the ball. I guess the holes in Pittsburgh were much larger than I can ever remember. And then he just, instead of like a hole opening up, he just gets tackled for a one-yard loss. And then, he, and then he left the game with an injury. Frank Gore looked better than him all training camp and was better in the game than him. Yeah. Frank Gore's 37. Mm-hmm. Actually, the kid they drafted, one of the only bright spots on the team, the kid Pirine, who I think is maybe the little brother of the Redskins Pirine, who didn't work out. 
Uh, he's injured, but I do think he'll be he'll end up being for fantasy deep sleepers. I think he'll be RB one in like six weeks when he's healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but the I, Darnold, I, this is the first time I think we could say like, oh, we need to see more. Like, I don't need to see more of Darnold. I, that doesn't mean he's not going to have like a Tannehill esque resurgence in a few years when he's not with Adam Gase mm-hmm. and he gets like he's a backup. But he was a, a Pro Football Focus had him as the worst quarterback in the league this week, thirty two out of thirty two. By the way, fun fact: there are no injured quarterbacks right now. One of, the, one of the cool things about the NFL right now, right? Every single team has their starter. And nobody's even like 50-50 for next week. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's great. Especially okay. considering um, we had no preseason. And, you know, things were not as sloppy as people thought they would be. Um, they weren't that sloppy. I think special teams were very sloppy. If you were, like, paying attention, I think, like, that, they just – those, they really use them as the preseason. Uh, you know, it's hard to replicate special team stuff, I guess, in practice maybe. So I did see sloppy special teams. I agree – that again the good players barely play in the preseason anymore right yeah so it would probably more affected like their physical like their actual physical abilities like um you know tackling yeah tackling was definitely awful on sunday and i'd say there were it see appeared to be a lot of hamstring injuries guys just leaving the games with hamstrings because that you know people especially some injured players hadn't run all summer yeah um but but uh, i didn't think the quality of play was terrible and there was a lot of good games but yes the 32nd team best team is the jets the only good news is I think Gase could be gone very soon because the Jets play the 49ers next week. We'll get to the week two schedule soon. Yeah. And they're now, not, but I would they're say not going to be the 49ers. If you were judging based purely on week one performance, the Jets might not be 32. Uh, the, the, the no, they that, are. I mean, you want to say the Browns, but the Browns have at least an excuse that they played maybe the best team. Well, so that's why, yeah. I mean, I have the Browns. You know, when you're doing week one power rankings, you don't want to totally overreact to just one game. Obviously, you have to take into account sort of, you know, where you had these teams before the game and also who mm-hmm. they played. But on the other hand, if you're not going to, you know, take it into account significantly, what's the fun? So I have the Browns all the way down at 30, but I have them ahead of the Jets and I have them ahead of the Giants. So the New York teams are the worst two teams in, the, in football right now. Yeah, you know, I like the Steelers more than o- almost anybody. So I, 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 I'm more, I'd be more nervous about Joe Judge after the first game than anyone. Here's the thing, on the very first possession of the game, yeah. you drive into Pittsburgh territory. You have fourth and inches. You have this, uh, you know, Saquon Barkley, you wasted a number two overall pick on a running back on, you know, a top three fantasy running back, according to just about any league. And you punt. What are you doing? It just, it's got to be so depressing as a Giants fan because no matter how good he is at scheming or coaching up or whatever else he might do, you know, when you see a guy who makes such an obviously wrong decision when it comes to outcome of the game expected points increasing your probability of winning the football game what to see the very first possession as a coach to make such a boneheaded decision it's got to be so depressing because no matter how good he is at all that stuff there's a ceiling and no matter what he does with this team he's not going to do as well as he could or as he should and it's got to be so depressing um you know so if i if i'm a giants fan i'm out already on joe judge I hear what you're saying uh i i wonder like because every team now has like a stats group I don't. I can't imagine they have any access to the head coach, right? Like maybe their data does, but I, I can't imagine they could sit but down. But this is an advanced judge. analytics. You're in. I agree. No, it's I fourth agree. And, Trust it's me. fourth and one. It's not like fourth and. It's just insane, right? Anytime it's, you're, anytime yeah. you're just out of field range between like the thirty-five and the fifty, or the thirty-five and the the opposite forty-five, that twenty-yard range. Mm-hmm. If it's fourth and three or less, almost always you should be going for it, even if it's fourth and more, probably. But all the more so, fourth and one. Just it's the first possession of like well, what message are you sending to your team? No, I'm with you. Listen, the the Jets. By the way, during Saquon the, Barkley averaged less than one yard a carry. Yeah, no, it's true. Maybe he was right. Maybe <laughs> he's he like, oh, I carries for six yards or something like that. He's like, maybe I knew that Saquon was going to go backwards. There was no reason to go for it. Like, yeah. But the opposite happened in the Jets Bills game, which is, and of course, the Jets were not Bills were not getting a uh, 
top tier announcers. They had Andrew Catalan and James Lofton. Mm. The perks of being a terrible CBS team. All the bad Fox announcers are probably worse. And uh, the Bills are up 14 nothing. The Jets look beyond hopeless. Like their season's already over <laughs> at 14 nothing. And Josh Allen, who's like the Bills offense is like Allen scram- like scrambling and either hitting digs for like a seven yard completion or, or Allen running for like. On, yeah, or, or, or on the sideline. Yeah. Yeah, but, but so Allen, it was short passes mostly for Allen. And Allen, I don't know if you saw, missed two unbelievably wide-open guys in the end zone by 30 yards. Yeah, well, we discussed this. Brown had, was open on 77% of routes last year. If, if Allen could hit the broad side of a barn, this team, I think Bill, Bill Barnwell wrote that if they had Lamar Jackson instead of Josh Allen, they'd be a super, the t- Super Bowl favorite right now. Yes, no, that, that, that team 2-53 to 53 is unreal, honestly. Mm. But, I mean, they're very yeah. good. Yeah, they're, yeah good. They're, they're very, they don't have any flaws. Like, they have, two, they have two exciting backs, and they have an excellent receiving core, and a good offensive line, and a really good secondary in their, and they don't have an elite pass rusher. Let's say um, they're very good. Like, but they're an obvious playoff team uh, with, with a good court, like a team that with a, know, good wins playoff, sure. with a good quarterback. I still okay. think they're a playoff team now, but, but uh, I, they're definitely a playoff team, even if the Patriots end up being better. But so here's the, so the page, the bills have fourth and one from the jets, 46, the jets literally cannot get a first down. It's not possible. The jets scored. Remember the jet, other than a garbage time touchdown, the jets only touchdown was on a screen pass that like two bills just decided not to tackle Crowder and Crowder like who's not even fast ran 69 yards for a touchdown. Yeah. He was quite slow uh, on that run. Yeah. So, so um, James Lofton's like, well, they have to punt here. What are they doing? Fourth and one from the Jets 46. What are you nervous about giving Sam Darnold a short field? You can let Sam Darnold start in the end zone. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, especially, it was especially with a quarterback who has the ability to, yeah. I mean, I, I got so him. mad. I got so mad. I'd like get up and walk around and pace around. And I, I like, I, I was going to send an angry tweet to James Lofton, which I've done a bunch of, like once a season, I'll send an angry tweet to an announcer. Respectful. I'll never get blocked. Yeah. It's always respectful, but it's like, Hey, you called a great game, but I don't understand why you said this. Um, yeah, but James, there's nothing you can say in a tweet that's going to convince James Lofton's mind. James Lofton is of the belief that you have three downs of football. And if you don't succeed after three downs, you give the other team the ball. And that's just so I was going to tweet at him and I was going to say, listen, James, it's, it's not 1992, blah, blah, blah. but no, I said like, I was going to, I was actually going to look up. I'm sure the bills on fourth and one last year were like 77% or something crazy. Yeah. You have a quarterback who's, who's an absolute tree trunk, like the, you know, in a good offensive line and most teams on, on fourth and one that go for it are, are way over 50%. Anyway. Um, so I was, but I was going to, I wrote in my tweet, which I didn't send all 32 NFL hit coaches go for it on fourth and one. Now it's like not 1992 anymore. Well, except for Joe um, judge. Yeah. And then Joe judge said, I'm like, all right, you know what? Maybe James Lofton. He's, he's from the Joe judge school of coaching. I'm wrong. Yeah. Barnwell so. must brainwash these, uh, excuse me. Belichick must brainwash these guys into like losing all intelligence before. They it is crazy. Or, but honestly, like just being around Belichick doesn't make you smart. Do you know what I mean? Oh, obviously like, not. Yeah. Like it doesn't. And, and also Belichick is like, I, I do think sometimes we overrate Belichick's intelligence. Belichick yeah. is, is mean, the greatest that, football that coach of all time. Trump, for sure. Yeah, I'm saying Belichick is the greatest football coach of all time. And he's figured out perfectly how to write, how to run a football team. But I, and he's, and he probably listens to, to, um, I'm play, what's, what's Ernie Adams, right? His, his, uh, yeah, his guru, his, his guru, like, I don't think Belichick and Belichick has said, like, I'm not an analytics guy. Like Belichick is not some like math genius. Right. Yeah. So it's unfair to expect the Mike Vrabels and the, and the Joe judges to be math whizzes. Yeah. But so. it, you don't need that much math to figure out, you know, fourth and one, whatever. I know, but I, it is, but it, I, and I've complained about this before. It's, I understand that coaches all come from a certain cloth and like they are 
inherently conservative. Why is every announcer other than other than like the one or two good ones, like a you know you know a maybe a Tony Romo or a Collinsworth, always pushing for teams to punt? What is it to them? Yeah. Do you not want to see an exciting play on this game that you're understand. getting paid to tell because these because these guys are former players who have yes. you know medium, but they're not former coaches. Most of them. Yeah. It doesn't know. make you, any sense. You think if you're a, a former, if you're Rich Gannon or something, if you played quarterback, you'd want to be going for it more, but whatever. Maybe. Right. If I was a quarterback on the team, I would lose my mind on the sidelines that we punted. I mean, people are, people grow up in a system and they're used to the rules of that system and it's hard for them to think outside the box. Right. I, I wonder I mean, if like two the years next ago, gen- baseball players still talk about RBIs. So. Yeah. That, maybe the next generation of, of coaches will, like McVay will all have grown up like playing Madden and going for it on fourth and whatever. And like, they'll start going for it. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand why, like, the NBA hasn't adopted the, the Elam rules, for example, right? It would, make, it would make the end of NBA games much, much more exciting. I mean, what are you going gonna to explain the Elam rules to my grandpa, though, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, your grandpa, and my, I mean, my dad now starts a little bit to support going for it more. But my dad, his strategy has always been also, oh, you get three downs, you know, and then you can punt. That's just how the game works. I, I, I always watch the Super Bowl with the same guy who wanted the Eagles to punt for it against the Patriots. And then last year, I'm blanking on what the big fourth down situation was in the Chiefs uh, Niners game. But also, like, if he was a coach, the teams that won would have lost both Super Bowls. <laughs> um, it's just a, it's a weird mentality. Like, you're not the coach. Let them go for it. Don't you want to see something exciting? The math and the fun are on the same side. Yeah. Why are you picking punting? I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. Anyway, who's team number 29? All right. So, yeah. So, we said Jets, Giants, Browns. Number 29 is the Bengals. They look yeah. they look not bad. You know, they almost won a game in Burrow's debut. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he had that one awful, you know, where he just, you know, shoveled it directly into the defense. But other than that, you know, okay. But um, you know, no one really looks awful. I mean, my twenty eight is a team that actually won uh, uh in Sunday. So Yeah, Burrow is definitely I'd be enthused if I was a Bengals fan. Obviously Burrow's gonna be good. Listen, Peyton Manning made a thousand bad plays his rookie season. So yeah. did every good quarterback. It's it's fine. Yeah. Roethlisberger was off. I mean, even though the team was 15-1, Roethlisberger was off. Like, these guys are – these these guys – he was not good. Like, these guys uh, – no, no one starts – no one – you know, there's, there's monsters coming at you. Uh, you know, it's, it's much different than college. It takes the quarterbacks a while. Burrow's going to be so good. Okay. All right, uh, number 28, I have the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, they, they were, you know, consensus number 32 coming into the season. They had the lowest over-under. They're trying to lose. They're trading away all their players. And then they go and they beat Indian week one. So, it's like – I still think this team is going to end up being probably the worst team in the AFC, but you know, yeah. they got to win. You got to keep them this up. was not that the Colts are good, but this was the Carolina, Minnesota game. We always talk about Colts are good. What do you mean? From they 20 were my, years ago. Uh, Super Bowl preview team. I know. I'm sorry, but listen, they'll bounce, but then maybe they really are like, this is a game that won't make any sense in week six. How Jacksonville beat Indy. Not that Indy's going to be good, but Jacksonville's going to lose some games by like 40 when they play. Yeah, the team. Hopefully. Yeah. All right. Uh, number 27. I have Miami. You know, Miami, it's a little bit hard to tell because New England, their defense still looked very good, even with a lot of those guys opting out. You know, Gilmore obviously still, you know, possibly the best cornerback in the game. And so they didn't really have much of a chance offensively. And defensively, everyone made a big deal about Cam running for two touchdowns. But, you know, they didn't score that many points, New England. And the offense that's geared all around these design runs for the quarterback, you know, if, if you're only scoring 21 points, I'm not – and again, it's, it's, it's game one, so I'm not, I'm not ruling out the Patriots improving – but I think that people were a little too overhyped on the Patriots having, you know, a decent but not, you know, spectacular win against a six-win team at home. Yeah, I need to see them against the better team. I, I do think the defense might be legit again. You know, Miami can move the ball, so 11 points is pretty solid. I just don't know the Dolphins' game plan because, like, Fitzpatrick is sort of too good to get pulled. We see this a lot of times where, like, they start a guy for the first four weeks, and the first sign of trouble, they'll bring in the, the rookie savior. Yeah. In this case, Tua. But Fitzpatrick, like, I don't know when they're going to do that. I mean, they might be 0-4 with Fitzpatrick playing okay. 
I don't know the succession plan, but obviously there's no value in having Fitzpatrick in these games for the long-term, you know, purpose of the team. Yeah, but, you know, I guess the question is, with 17 to make the playoffs, maybe they think they have a chance to go 8-8 eight, eight or 9-7. and seven, No, so. for sure. So if it's like, all right, we're 2-5, and five, we're not making the playoffs, which point, they might not yeah, be. Then they probably go to 2 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right, number 26, I have Carolina. I was higher on Carolina than a lot of people coming into the season. I took the over on them, on their win total. The offense looked good. You know, Teddy B looked pretty good. Obviously, McCaffrey is always going to be a weapon. Uh, their defense did not look great, and uh, but it was an exciting game, at least, against uh, Las Vegas. I think the Panthers might. Like, it's funny because the Panthers have been a pretty boring team uh, toward, at the end of the Cam era and, and like, sort of last year. But they might be one of the most exciting teams in the league. McCaffrey's exciting. Aunt Robbie Anderson is a very exciting player, just is only going deep. Yeah. McCaffrey, you know, McCaffrey Anderson Moore is a really solid. They have, and they didn't position. have Curtis Samuel, I think. Right. No, uh, no, I think they did have Curtis Samuel. I thought he didn't play. I thought I thought I saw him. I, I yeah. did not watch a ton of Carolina Vegas, but I thought I saw him like on the red zone. Yeah. But so this offense maybe has a chance to do something. And, you know, the defense obviously has some holes, but uh, there are 26 for me. Uh, 25 is Washington. Washington was the Jaguars of the NFC, the team everyone thought was the worst team. And uh, like the Jaguars, they beat a division rival who has playoff aspirations at home. And they were down early big to Philly, and it seemed like it was completely over. And this kind of happened last year in week one uh, with Philly and Washington. Where Washington came back, they still lost, but it was the kind of game where you thought if you had seen it another five times, you know, maybe Washington has a chance. This time, they actually did it. You know, their coach is getting uh, injections or dialysis, whatever the hell's happening during halftime, and Dwayne mm-hmm. Haskins has to give a motivational speech, and Washington completely shut them down. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I want to see more of Chase Young. And I think this defense could be okay. And are we a little bit wrong on Haskins? I don't know. Too soon to tell. But uh, so they're 25 now. But if they can pull off another win, then we'll, uh, you know, then then we'll be talking, I guess. It wouldn't blow my mind if that team made the playoffs. Mm. I don't think they are. Uh, But like, first of all, it's crazy that every team has hit on the top three uh, pass rusher in the last few drafts. Miles Garrett, both, uh, you know, both Bosa's. Yeah. um, And. And and well, well one one of the Watts yeah. was a while ago at this point. Yeah, and, and also um, and the, TJ and wasn't was, TJ was, was, yeah, TJ was, was nineteen or something. Anyway. And um yeah. and now Chase Young, except the Jets picked Quinn Williams third last year, yeah. and he's like mm-hmm. you know right. a middling defender. Yeah, uh, twenty four is Detroit. Detroit, obviously, you know, a heartbreaking loss. Uh, you know, the ball in DeAndre Swift's hands, and he drops it. The craziest part about this team is they sign Adrian Peterson off the scrap heap, and he has fourteen for ninety three. Like he looked actually pretty good. Adrian <laughs> Peterson is getting better. It doesn't it make any no sense. sense. Yeah. It's like if you, st- you Carry on if Johnson he gets cut, did absolutely nothing. Yeah, Carry on Johnson is useless. Like he's Carry supposed on to be Johnson- the re- receiving back and I I would assume he wouldn't have had that drop that Swift had. So, uh, you know. Well, Swift Swift everyone said was an incredible receiver in college. Yes. No, so that's I know, what I know. that makes yeah. no sense. No, I understand that. I mean, but I agree that maybe next it, time it's it's, it's Carry on Johnson. Ironically, Adrian Peterson for, you know, a Hall of Fame player has never been a great, you know, deep receiver like that. Deeper, any kind of receiver. Every year the Vikings said they'd yeah. involve him more in the pass game, and they wouldn't. So never happened, and that's always a sign that he can't do it. Like coaches, it's coaches. Well, are he was like, very oh. bad at picking up blitzers. He was very bad at pass protection, mm-hmm. and you know he was fun. If if he got him the ball into the flat, obviously he could you know do Adrian Peterson things. But yeah, if if he was good enough at it, he would have done it. And so right, the Jets complain about uh, you know why don't they split out Le'Veon more and put someone else in the backfield, but like. Ben Roethlisberger never wanted Le'Veon to split out, and there's probably a reason for that. Yeah, but Ben Roethlisberger had Antonio Brown had other good receivers. But I'm saying, like, uh, yeah, oh, you're saying Le'Veon Bell could start at receiver for the Jets on his own merits? That's possible. That is true. Yeah. All right, so Detroit number 24, uh, you know, they have a big chance this week against the Packers to see if their season's going to completely fall apart or not. We talked about Patricia as a coach who might get fired. So you want to discuss five coaches on the hot seat? Uh, yeah, we could do that. We could do the coach hot seat now. So I think obviously. Right, so, Adam, well, well, let's Adam start Gase with the teams we already covered. So Gase is obviously there. 
Mm-hmm. Joe Judge, you know, it's no. too soon. Yeah, Bob Stefanski. By the, all the, by the way, all the new coaches look terrible. Yeah, Giants, Browns, Bengals, their coaches are all too soon. Doug Marone in Jacksonville, I guess they just won, so not fair to put him there. Uh, Miami again, too soon. Carolina, too soon. Uh, Washington just had a win. So, yeah, so I guess it's, 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 it's Patricia of the teams we've covered so far. Well, Gase is one, Patricia's two. Patricia. There's a huge tier after that, after yeah. those two. Well, we'll, have to keep, we'll have to keep going because uh, team number 23 on my list is, is a team whose coach you once loved when he was 5-0 and his first season, but I was never that high on. And uh, if he's, he's a defensive coach. And if their defense looks as bad as did in week one, you know, he might not last the season. Who's that? So that's the Atlanta Falcons have number 23. Oh, yeah. I think Quinn, Quinn probably I thought they were going to beat Seattle in this game because I thought, look, their offense can put up 400 yards and 40 points in any game. And, yes, Russell Wilson, Seattle's a very good offense, but, you know, this is at home in Atlanta for whatever that's worth. And, you know, let's see a little bit of, of what Quinn can do. And I thought Seattle would lose this. Didn't I have Atlanta winning like 28-27? Instead, it was like 43. Way too many points. Dan Quinn's defense is abysmal. And if he's not giving you a defense, what's he doing? Uh, here's what I'll say. 28 to three. No, no, Quinn should be Quinn should probably be third on the list. But let me let me say something. Hmm. This Atlanta being useless is very good for my four NFC West teams are gonna make the playoffs bit that Bill Simmons stole this week. Yeah. We still but I, Bill Simmons, it's okay. That's true. Yes. <laughs> Stay tuned for guess the lines after this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then we'll um, cut to parent corner. And you haven't even mentioned yes. I don't I don't yeah. Well, you can't do a parent corner. You're not allowed to be near your kids right now, you're quarantined. <laughs> the um, uh, but Vic, Vic Fangio, who we have not mentioned yet oh also, I think, yeah. I think immediately. Well, put that's him on next the team on my list is 22. The clock management in the last two minutes of that game, it just boggles the mind. It, it almost, frankly, it was almost the same as the Patriots and the Seahawks at the end of that Super Bowl when Belichick froze up. And then because it ended up working out, uh, people decided to judge the process by the results and give him credit he deserved. The only argument is Fangio thought, no, I really think that this kicker is going to miss a 25-yard field goal because he's already missed three field goals and an next point in this game. Mind-boggling why he gives his team no chance to get the ball back. I, I was not a fan of Vic Fangio when they signed him. You know, I said, uh, notwithstanding the fact that Mike Zimmer sort of has a similar, you know, uh, history in terms of uh, as a coordinator for a long time and finally getting a job as a coach when he's nearly 60, I said that if a guy like Fangio has taken that long to get a job, maybe it's because he doesn't deserve one. And also, as I said, he had that one phenomenal year with the Bears, which got him the job. But he he hadn't historically been a coach of top ten defenses year after year after year before he got the job. So Very not a big fan. Hire. Yeah, yeah, not a big fan of him for Denver. Uh, you know, last year they did fine, whatever. Drew Locke honestly wasn't was I, I, whether he's the quarterback of the future, I don't know, but he was certainly competent. I thought I thought he looked fine. Uh, you know, especially without his number one receiver. And the defense, frankly, looks pretty good also, considering the fact that they're missing, you know, their best player for the year. So I thought Denver mostly looked good, but uh, you lose at home in a game where, where the opposing kicker gives at least 10 points on the board to a team that's decent but not amazing. And the way the clock management was just managed so poorly, Fangio's not on the hot seat yet. They're not going to fire him, you know, in the middle of year two. But I have him at 22 on this list, and they might be going down. And it sucks because they're not a bad team. I think that they have potential. But I, they just – Fangio really, really alarms me a lot. Uh, yeah, and that team's going to Pittsburgh this week, and that's—I mean—that's not an automatic loss, but that's going to be rough. Yeah, they do have the—they do have the Jets soon, so oh, there's okay. a site for sore eyes. At right, number twenty-one, I have Fangio's former team, the Chicago Bears. You know, they pull off that win in Detroit that they probably didn't deserve. They were getting blown out most of the game, and the question is, when is Foles replacing Trubisky? We've discussed this before. It doesn't make sense why you do not get, you do, do not uh, renew you don't. Um, extend Trubisky to the fifth year, which means he's a free agent after this year, no matter what. Then you trade actual assets, a fourth round pick for Nick Foles, and you're paying Foles. Foles must have looked so abysmal in practice. There's, I just can't understand the logic of why Trubisky started over him. And through two, two and a half quarters, three quarters of this game, it looked the same. And then Trubisky has his magical comeback in the fourth quarter, and I don't know what to think. Is it possible that the whole NFC North is just garbage? 
Yeah, I've been saying that all along. I've been saying nine wins is going to win this division. And we'll get to the Vikings in a second. I know the garbage is too strong, but I don't know if they're division it, champion caliber. No, it's it's a one playoff it's a one playoff team division. Well, it seems like there's three of them in the in that conference. And 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 any of and any of them could be that one team. I thought, you know, I thought as I said, I, I said I would have taken the, the whatever the line was plus seven fifty or whatever on the Lions to win the division, just because I think every team in this division, I think the Lions at worst have like an eighteen. I mean, now they lost a, a home, you know game in the division to the probably the worst other team in the division so now they might be in trouble but i just thought every team in the division had at least like a one in six chance of winning the division um 18 20 something i don't know anyways oh yeah so the lions the bears could could lock be the new jay cutler bear with me for a second where he's like sort of good enough that you don't really want to give up on him but he's also never gonna like bring you anywhere well, He's Jay a weird Cutler, player. Jay Cutler was much better in Denver than he ever was in Chicago. I know. I'm talking about Chicago Jay Cutler. We're like every year the Bears fans yeah. wanted to give up on him, but like, all right, who's better? Like, he's not good, but he's the 21st I mean, we've seen best Drew quarterback. Lock, Drew Luck play six games, so let's give him a few more. I agree, games. but like, he's kind of looked well, confident. I never thought of Drew really Luck and Andrew Luck sound very similar, similar names. I didn't think maybe, maybe Drew. How crazy would that be if a player once came back under Jurgen Klingsman when he retired from German soccer yeah. was playing in like an American like third division team under a fake name for a couple of years. I propose the Morse twins do this in the NBA. Yeah, switch them out. What if you like one pretends they have to go to the bathroom and then yeah. you get a fresh one for the second half? Yeah, exactly. It would be um, I never wanted to be a twin, like you want all the attention for yourself. Mm-hmm. But it would be like the swapping stuff would be very fun. Speaking of twins and swapping, uh Taylor Rogers, the twins closer, has been so bad yeah. and he's a twin. I would happily yeah. swap him out for his brother because he's been abysmal. Who's his brother? Uh Tyler Rogers. Oh, okay. He's much worse. Oh, oh! But, it must be nice to have your team actually playing meaningful games. I mean, it doesn't matter because the Mets it's, new owners. It's crazy. So the, the Twins and White Sox are playing the series where the, the difference is which team gets to be the one or two seed and which team has to be the four seed in the first round of the playoffs, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and I was watching this last night on the White Sox announcers. And the White Sox announcers the entire time were saying, this is a playoff game. This is the biggest game the White Sox have played in years. Like, this game doesn't matter. None of the no, games in the series matter. If the there's, no home, the there's no Sox, home field. There's no home field. It's crazy. Well, I mean, you'll get to have last stops, which is the most. Does it? Home. No, of course that matters. The Twins are twenty and five at home this year, in the uh, you know, with no fans. So obviously, but they're, they're literally at home, like they get to sleep yeah. in their own beds. No, no, I, these when you are playing in a bubble environment, the sport in which home field manage, matters more than any by far is baseball because you have the advantage of last stops. You know what you mm-hmm. need to do, right? right? I mean, in hockey, you get to the last. Uh, I mean, hockey matters a little bit strategically. Basketball and football, I don't think it matters at all. Um, yeah, but but baseball by far it's the biggest. But yeah, it really doesn't matter at all. And um, but Taylor Rogers blew another game anyway. So yeah. Uh, all right, number twenty, the Las Vegas Raiders. Talking about a team that doesn't really have a home. Um, you know they go into Carolina and win. The offense looked pretty good. You know I said Derek Carr last year I think was like tenth in the league by my stats. So and it's only his third year, right? According to our Adam Brooks, a Raiders fan. So this team, I think this team could make the playoffs possibly. No, I don't think they can. No, no chance. In the AFC, there's no chance they can get to nine wins. I mean, I guess you want to say, like, the Patriots, Bills, Chiefs, blank, one team in the South, and then Steelers and Ravens. That's possible. So, yeah. like, well, the second-best team in the West gets a playoff spot. Of course, it's possible the Raiders are the second-best team in the West. Let them beat someone decent first. The pa- we had the Panthers as a – everyone, not the Royal We, had the Panthers as, as a terrible team. So, let them play – they're not like, listen, oh, I, look, I have them 20th right now and 10th among AFC teams in my power okay. ranking. So, yeah, yeah it's not crazy. I agree. But Gruden is not as incompetent as we thought he'd be. He's well, not good. Yeah, but they're like, hosting New Orleans on Monday night this week. So, we'll have a much better shot at us. Uh, if they beat New Orleans, call me. Sure. You know? Okay. Uh, number 19, another team that I guess this was, uh, I t- we talked about this at like the 2 to 53, one of the best teams in the league, but a big question mark at one. 
and that's the LA Chargers. We saw Tyrod Taylor. At some point, we'll probably see Justin Herbert. They went into Cincy, and they got a win. Uh, the defense looked good, albeit against a rookie quarterback. But we know, I mean, they have a good defense, and we know that. The offense did not look great. But I think no. we need to see a couple more games of this team before we draw any conclusions. And much like uh, Las Vegas, they have a big test this week because they're, they're hosting Kansas City. Well, who's hosting Kansas City this week? The Chargers. Oh, um, I, I don't know. Tyrod is the most boring player in football. That's yeah. my take. Yeah. Like, I like he him. A, He's he fine. A crazy comeback on a Sunday night once against your Bills. We had three my Bills? in the last like, five minutes against your Jets. It was a Bills-Jets. It was a color rush game. So it might have been a Thursday night, actually. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember he had a crazy comeback. I, had, I was starting in fantasy that week. So I remember he went from like seven points to 28 points in like the last five minutes of the game. I appreciate your restraint that you have not made fun of me for, for having the 64th best team out of 64 in the 32 fans uh, football league, fantasy league. <laughs> yes. Should we touch on that? Akeem, well, my, my listen. 80th out of 80. Well, oh, no, to be fair, to be I fair, said 64 out of 64. I forgot there's five divisions. Yeah, I'm I know. Sorry. I think you finished 79th or 78th out of 80, okay. something like that. I know. I had a lot of injuries. Saquon did nothing. Evan Ingram did nothing. It, uh, my team on paper was pretty decent. Yeah. Um, Saquon I had, was very bad. Cortland Sutton didn't play. Mike Evans shouldn't have played. I didn't have good backup receivers there because I had such strong starters. All right, so listen, all you got to do is have 13 straight wins and Redemption Island. 13 straight wins, but also like beating a lot of random people along the way. I, I, my team is good. Nobody wants to face me on Redemption mm -hmm. Island. Yeah. Ryan and Roethlisberger both had good games. Just Aren't I didn't have another player. you voted against the ability of people on Redemption Island to bid on advantages? Nah, I, whatever. I, I, I stand with... Uh... By the way, so Tyra Taylor's number, 16 for 30, 208 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, six rushes, seven yards. As we said, though, he's never going to turn them all over. No. Maybe and maybe that's all you need because this defense is good enough that you can win a bunch of games 16 to 13. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll see what they do against the Chiefs. All right, uh, number 18 on my list is the Houston Texans. Forgot about them because it's been, you know, almost two weeks since we saw them play. Uh, you know, they did not look good. And uh, while they were not looking good, DeAndre Hopkins signed a huge contract with Arizona and then had some uh, funny tweet uh, subtweeting the, his former team. But this team will be fine. Like, they, they play the Chiefs. You're not going to win, you know, at, at Kansas City on the opening night. So I'll say the same thing about Tampa when we talk about them. Like, this is a write-off. You write it off. Mm. But who's writing it off? It's a write-off. Mm. But they're the ones writing it off. That's the mm. second time I made a Seinfeld reference that you've missed on this podcast. I, I made the uh, Seinfeld the, reference. Okay, fine. All right. Okay, good. I, I started this. Okay, good. I wasn't sure. <laughs> Oh, no, I said to, I, you invented, I wrote it off. I invented, I wrote it off. Yeah, the ego on you. Um, okay, number 17 is Tampa then. Oh, another write-off, so we don't even need to talk about them. Although, listen, you and I both said that, he was, that New Orleans was going to blow the doors off them, and we, and we said Tom Brady was done, and that looks pretty good the week one. And I love the quotes. Bruce Arians is like, I don't understand it. I, I, I don't understand why Brady looks so bad. Because like, he's 43 fucking years old, you know? <laughs> Brady was fine. Honestly, eh, Brady was fine. Wasn't. And Jay Glazer, by the way, comes on. Um, That's an amazing team. That's a team that should win the Super Bowl. Like, Jay, except they're going to Jay Glazer choke. comes on Daddy Issues, uh, one of my favorite podcasts, actually, with Joe Buck and uh, Oliver Hudson. And um, Jay Glazer's a weird dude, no? Yeah, he is a very weird dude. And he's like. He's got a kid. I think he had it on its own. On his own. Yeah. And like, he's just a character. He's a, he's a good dad, but he's a weird dude. No, um, no, he seems like a good. Yeah. I don't think he's a bad man at all. He, he, yeah. he, he, he tweets that he always like. Goes around on Yom Kippur, uh, giving out just handing out food to homeless people. Like he's got a good heart, but it's weird. It's also weird that he gets away with like being best friends with like all the players in the NFL and training them. I feel like a lot of ESPN announcers would be ripped for doing that. Well, so like, he, was asked, was just he was asked at the end of this podcast, which you know aired right before like the Kansas City Houston, the first game of the year. 
he was mm-hmm. asked for like what's an inside tip or something and he's like you know i spoke to bruce arians and he says brady's gonna be incredible this year his arm is the liveliest it's looked in years sort of the cliche thing you say in spring training yeah how would arians know is it and, and it's, and it's like, but then, but that's all fine that's fine but then glazer says and trust me bruce wouldn't tell me this if he didn't really believe it and i was like oh my god shut the fuck up so yeah, yeah very enjoyable for some season. reason he's always best friends with every nfc south coach like that's his division the yeah. nfc south he's always he best friends. Maybe. it's know. weird because like most like adam schefter doesn't cover like the afc or the nfc but I guess because yeah. Glazer's a Fox guy, even though like the, the difference is pretty in, eh, like doesn't really matter right now. Especially now they even mix, he's, you know. Seasons. He's always just friends with the NFC coaches. Yeah. Um, I think Brady will be fine. I did love that Arians threw the left tackle on the, on, under the bus. Did you see that? No, what like Donovan that? Smith, their left tackle had a terrible game. And he was like, yeah, and he was taking the worst, he was taking the worst defensive lineman on the Saints <laughs> and he couldn't stop him. Like, whoa, they got to play them again this year. Yeah, that's harsh. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, so Tampa is a, game, a team that you think we got to give another chance. You know, they're hosting Carolina this week. That line is way too big. We'll talk about guessing the lines later. Maybe I just gave you a collision. Giving you a no, it, no, see, that's the one I told If you were really paying attention, that's the one line I'm spoiled said, on. Uh, I thought it was a Jets. It's game. like eight and a half or nine, I think. I heard, yeah, so I heard that it. line's way too big. I'm definitely guess. taking Carolina because they almost won, and Tampa didn't almost win in week one. And but mm-hmm. we, we'll get to that. All right, number 16. The only four teams lost by more than 10. A lot of teams happen to lose yeah, by exactly 10. But the, the Buccaneers are one of them, and yeah. the Browns are the only team that lost by more than two touchdowns. Yeah. Number 16 is my uh, preseason Super Bowl prediction, the Indianapolis Colts. Okay. Going to Jackson. What a fall from grace. Do you want to do you want to renege right now on your pick, or are you still are you standing with the Colts? No. Well, I mean, if I'm going to be a real troll, I made two picks. I said Kansas City over New Orleans intellectually, and then for the sake of the podcast, I was saying uh, Colts over Cowboys. So they're both zero and one. What what could go better? Rivers had more interceptions than Gardner Minshew had incompletions. Yeah, that's um, not great. Mm. Uh, but they lost one. Marlon Mack, who's you know kind of an underrated player. Uh, Marlon Mack was their third running back. That's not relevant. Who cares? They no, Marlon Mack is good. They got nine Marlon lines. Good. It was good but last I, year. But if, it if is they, fun to have Jonathan Taylor, Taylor in fantasy. So, yeah. It's, it's even funner when you have Naheem Hines is, uh, on the back of your bench in our 80-person uh, league. All right, mm-hmm. on number 15, I have the Arizona Cardinals. This is another team. Let me see you prove it more than one week because if they go into San Francisco, the defending conference champions, and they win, and you think that'd be worth you know, higher than 15. I moved them up a little bit from where I had them before the season. It was a close game that you know, could have gone either way. They're hosting Washington this week, another team with a surprising victory in week one. Blow the doors off Washington, and you get into my top 10. All right, Cardinals? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a pick now. The NFC West goes 13-3 and three against the AFC East. Mm, wow. I mean, it's the best division against the worst. I don't know if the AFC is the worst. I got to say, Ky- Kyler did look pretty good there, scooting around. It, it I was real nice. good. It must be nice to have a mobile quarterback. To have two Hall of Fame wide receivers also. Also, yeah. Well, Fitz is way past his prime, obviously. Yeah, he's not a Hall of Famer anymore, but he's still useful. Yeah. Well, he's the only, I mean, he's more of a Hall of Famer than Nook. If the career's ended today... Oh, yeah, of course, of course. But but Hopkins had 14 catches. Yeah, exactly. He's very good. Yeah, if he keeps doing that, he will definitely make the Hall of Fame. It is also crazy. Like, what what was the last good running back the Cardinals had? Well, David Johnson in 2016. Other than David Johnson one year. Like, they Uh, really... I will say it's John David Crow in 1960. Yeah, it's like they've never. They that's I like get a chart on this. The Cardinals have had less, sort of like what the Bears have had from the quarterback position is and receivers. Like, Bears receivers also. Yes, is and the, is the Cardinals from the running back position? They have had nothing at the running back position over fifty years, it's other than the David Johnson uh, era. I mean, Kenan well, Drake era, is fine. It was one year, was, you had two thousand yeah. yards from scrimmage. Kenan Drake is fine, but but their best the best runner in team history is already Kyler Murray, ninety one <laughs> yards. Yeah. Um, all right, number 14 is another team of the Houston-Tampa indie variety uh, with, you know, an abysmal week one is the Philadelphia Eagles. <sighs> I don't know what this to say This might be about too high for them. This might be too high. Yeah, I might be wrong. I just, I thought that they were a playoff team for sure. 
I thought they But were... they didn't have their line. Now the question is what's the what's the long-term situation with the with the Eagles line going to be? Well, they brought Peters back and they put him at left tackle and that's not ideal when he's 38 years old. He's 38 but also he had no he had no uh you know, he's going up against monsters and yeah. Well, had... listen, they're hosting the Rams. The Rams are a team that you and I both picked for the playoffs and I thought no one was picking them and it was a genius pick and I picked them to beat the Cowboys. Then Bill Simmons picked them, so apparently they're Simmons, more popular. Simmons than just I said they're going to be Simmons I think has them in the Super Bowl. He bet them to Yeah, make so people the Super Bowl. are I thought everyone was down on the Rams and apparently people are higher on them. I thought I was going on a limb, but apparently I'm not unique there we'll see rams at philly is to me the that and probably vikings at india are the two games that are the most interesting to me in week one in terms of you know teams that lost or won week two you're saying in, yeah teams in week two that i need to see what happened in week one and right. are there real problems or not? you don't learn anything until week two because yeah. it's still like so if the rams going to philly and win then they are probably a legit contender and uh, philly's in a in a shit i don't trouble. think so i think philly's a wreck i think the rams will beat philly anyway mm. Okay. I think you might need to wait. All right. Till, so I have Philly at fourteen, and you think game. I'll have him below twenty in next week's power rankings? Yeah, I think I would. Ha- I would have Philly at about twenty right now. Our right, number thirteen is the Tennessee Titans. Mm-hmm. Hard to know what to say about this team. On the one hand, they played a not very good team and only won on the last play of the game. On the other hand, you know, if their kickers don't miss ten points, it may be a pretty easy victory. Uh, but again, it's against a team who is missing their best weapon offensively in Sutton and is missing their best player defensively in Von Miller. So not sure exactly what. And has a coach who doesn't know how clocks work. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Tennessee's got a big problem at kicker. Do we know as of recording of this, have they um, fired Guskowski yet? I don't think they've cut Guskowski yet. I mean, they have a, a kicker massive... on, the, on the practice squad, so I'm sure they will. It is funny because – It can't they, be that they... a 25-yarder changes your decision. They had a, they had a guy uh, all preseason because Guskowski was not there, and his agent had, like, a really bitter tweet because he, he said he didn't miss a kick the whole preseason, basically. Not that there was – I mean, the whole, the whole training camp, not that there really were because t- kicks to make. And then they sort of like, and he's like, oh, but he's got a prior relationship with Guskowski, so we signed him. Uh, but it, it turns out that maybe it's right. Uh, I, the Titans are like, it's funny because a lot of these, there there may be a little less turnover than last year in the like than most years in the NFL. Like the Titans feel like the exact same team. You got Derrick Henry already running thirty one times on opening night. That was not great. Yeah, uh, I'd Tampa, be more alarmed Tana, with that than fine. anything happened with the kicker. Yeah, Tanner looked fine. Yeah, that's not sustainable. Even though it, like, there's not really a long history of guys as big as Henry doing anything. Yeah, and also he had about um, three and a half yards of carry. That's not great. How funny would it be if this was the Corey Davis breakout year? Like year 22 for Corey Davis. Like finally he breaks out as the Titans number one receiver. Yeah, he had a like, good game. It would just be funny. Um, yeah, talk about think, kickers, by the way. Do you remember last year in the preseason when Kari Vedvik was having these enormous kicks for the Ravens? Yes. And because they have Tucker, they didn't need him. So they traded him. I think the Jets were trying to uh, – Fight to get him, but then he you guys, get, the Vikings game, the Vikings gave, gave up a fifth round pick for him. He missed literally every single kick in the preseason game, so he got cut. Oh no, no then the Jets t- took him off waivers, right? But I don't think he made the team. I think they because I think Ficken was the kicker the whole year. No, 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 no. No, I'm looking. I know uh, the the Jets claimed him off waivers. The, they tried to trade from the Vikings, gave more, so the Vikings got him. The Vikings cut him. The Jets claim him off waivers. He starts in game one. He missed an extra point and a 45 yard field goal. Oh right, right, yeah. He cost them the game. Yeah. I apologize. He did. He did yeah. cost them the game. I, then he got I waived. Then he was signed. Then he was on the Bengals practice squad. Uh, then the Bills signed him to a futures country. Then they waived him. Then the Panthers signed him. Then they waived him. And now he's on the Panthers practice squad. So I don't understand this guy. The, that is funny that there's the practice squads are so big now that they're wasting that spots on kickers, kicker. which I don't think they ever did last year. No, there's never been a kicker on a practice squad before. But honestly, it's the right decision. I don't know if you know that you could just move guys to the practice squad after the game also to save money. Yeah, but also you want. But this way you're locking up a kicker, right? If you so, if you if you put a guy in the practice squad back on the practice squad, he's not cut where it is in previous years he was. Just because of COVID stuff. Oh, I, oh, okay. Oh, I didn't realize that. Oh. Uh, but, but speaking of, uh, since we're on Tennessee, by the way, Detroit, from Denver from that game, I, Denver does have, they don't have any like superstars necessarily. I mean, Judy certainly could become one. Their offensive weapons are pretty solid. Like Gordon, Lindsey, Freeman at running back, Fant, Judy, 
like well, uh, you know once hard, once but... once yeah but once they get Cortland Sutton like they have a lot of options oh, it's a yeah. deep team yeah I like Fant um all right so let's uh let's continue zooming at my power rankings we are at number 12 the Minnesota Vikings Ugh. I don't know what to say about this team. The, the Aaron Rodgers dropped back 44 times in that game. He was touched twice. And I understand that, like, the people who just look at the stats, or the people who just look at highlights, people like, oh, Aaron Rodgers is back, MVP, like, blah, blah, blah. I'm not taking anything from, away from Aaron Rodgers. I know I poo-pooed him in the preseason, and he looked very good. But, like, honestly, any quarterback could have done what he did. He was not touched the entire game. He had, it was pitch and catch. Guys, the Vikings have no cornerbacks of, of any pedigree whatsoever, and so they're entirely relying on their pass rush. Daniel Hunter out of the game, and... Ngakwe did nothing. Anthony Barr did nothing. None of these guys did anything. It was an absolute disaster. So, um, obviously, if they don't have a massive improvement from their pass rush, then the cornerbacks don't have a chance, and then this team is going to go in 16. But I have to assume that, you know, and, and the, the most depressing thing is the Packers had two of their offensive linemen go out of the game, and yet it still had no impact. So, you know, Bakhtiari superstar. I don't know what to say. Um, so, I'm very depressed. How about uh, what's this, though? This game? Aaron, my take is Aaron Rodgers heard this podcast. Mm. You were trashing him, calling him the worst quarterback in NFL history. Wanted <laughs> yeah. to kick him out of the Hall of Fame, like, yeah. you know, before he even makes it. Mm. And he just shoved it up your throat. He did. Uh, but again, I really, it really has to do much more with the Vikings defense. How does it feel to have the worst secondary in the NFL? Yeah, it's not, well, the <laughs> cornerbacks, their safeties are good. The worst but. cornerbacks in the NFL. I mean, like, listen, they are rookies, so uh, there's, again, there's really, reason for them I'm to get better. I'm much more concerned about the pass rush than I am about the secondary. But look, we, I mean, my dad even talked to us. When you have 15 rookies on a team... Well, Daniel no Hunter preseason. gets 18 sacks a season, and he's the best player in NFL history. Like, what yeah. happened to him? Well, I'm very concerned. He, who knows how long he's going to be out for? He's on the IR, which means he could return after three games, in theory. But, you know, just because as a Vikings fan, I'm, as a Twins fan, I'm used to guys being out for a week, and then they never play again. So I'm very worried. If, if Hunter does not come back at full strength, this team is in a lot of trouble. Um, they go into Indy. We'll talk about that, I guess, later on the podcast. But... You know, very, very concerning there. The offense looked fine. The offense had the ball for 18 minutes. They had, like, less time possession than any team, and they scored 34 points. They, you know. Well, you don't need to have a lot of time possession if you just move the ball, you know, five plays, score a touchdown, and then and uh, then Yeah, I mean, get the ball uh, back and do Cousins had one very, very, very bad pass, just an atrocious pass, which was picked off and, you know, was a turnaround of at least 10 points given when it happened. Um that was not great, but other than that, he played fine. The offense played fine. I have yeah, no not, well, yeah, the offense was good. Yeah. I'm not. I w- I'm honestly they would not be. Points. Yeah, the, you the, knew the, the that the corners the might rush, be an issue. The pass rush, the pass rush, and 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 pass coverage. Listen, Let's, lots of teams don't have a pass rush, mm. but uh, the Vikings always do. The Vikings are, I think, second or third in sacks in the league in the last in like the Zimmer era. Yeah, I mean, you're but, not going to win playoff games without a pass rush with this team, but I think you're going to be. You're going to right, but you're going to be in. But the point is, you're going to be in every game with that offense. I think. I mean, they weren't really in this game. And I even think the I even think the secondary receivers are better than they've been in a few years. I mean, obviously no one's as good as Diggs, but like they're a little deeper receiver now. Yeah, I don't. I mean, BC Johnson had a decent play. Je- Jefferson didn't really do much. Um, mm-hmm. The tight ends didn't do very much. All right, I'm done talking about the team. Let's go to number eleven, the Dallas Cowboys. You know, uh, again, I I picked the Rams to win this game, so I can't say I was too surprised. It was pretty close. And you know, uh, the the issue for the Cowboys is that their offensive line has been so elite for so long. Yeah, same thing and, as Philly, but Philly's has fallen apart. Whereas yeah, the Cowboys and when Travis is... Frederick re- retires six years into what would have been a Hall of Fame career. Yeah, and Lyle Collins is gone. Yeah, and Collins is gone. So that's a big problem because if this team doesn't have an elite, elite offensive line, then maybe they're not an elite team anymore. I mean, last year they were an elite team who still went nine and seven because they kept you know blowing teams out and losing close games. The the Cooper Lamb Gallup thing is obscene. Yeah, they're all good. It's obscene. And I mean, they, they got a lot of weapons, but they they need line. They need help on the line. And I mean, the tight end. The tight end. Two years ago, what was the year when they were on um, the Amazon show? I think three years ago. When maybe. they lost like five games in a row, it's the year that yeah. Zeke was out. But they didn't lose the games because Zeke was out. They lost the games because um, 
they're who was it on the offensive line was injured for like six weeks. I don't know. I, I will say uh, the the great Jordan Parr came on with me. You were not on that episode to talk about the Cowboys and poo pooed Alden Smith. Alden Smith was like the best player on the field. He was so good for them. It's crazy. Guy like I didn't even remember he was still alive and he's and he's getting sacks in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, so this is a team uh, like the Vikings, uh, a loss in week one. But let's see. And lost a couple of key players, too. But I, yeah. I still think that they, they get Atlanta could, at home in week two. So they'll. I, I still think this might be the best non. This is probably the best non Saints, non NFC West team in the NFC. Is. Is Dallas. Well, let's see, because if the offensive line, if the offensive line doesn't improve. Yeah, but it's not it's not a wreck like Phillies. Now, let's see. I mean, let's see that who's Dallas playing this coming week. Dallas is hosting Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, so I maybe we need to see them against Washington or another team with an elite pass rush. But now, who, who? What's number nine or eight or whatever? T- whatever. All right, number ten is there. another team, the uh, third another NFC team. playoff team in a row, NFC playoff caliber team in a row that lost in Week One. That's San Francisco 49ers. Not nervous about the 49ers. They'll be fine. Mm, yeah, fine. All right, number nine. Jimmy G is so boring. I don't know. Apparently. I just I find I like, that team is interesting because. Uh, they have like 14 B plus players on offense. We're like Mostert's pretty good. Well, Kittle and being hurt obviously was a big problem. I, obviously, but Kittle's yeah. the only elite guy. They have all these interchangeable parts. They are kind of boring to watch. It's more exciting when they're on on uh, defense than on offense. Uh, they'll be they'll be fine. Listen, that the problem is one of the teams in the NFC West could go like one and five in division and miss the playoffs accidentally. Yeah, even though they're a good team. Yeah, when you lose a home uh, divisional game. And I'm talking to you 49ers. I'm talking yeah. to you Vikings. Like I'm talking, you know, that, that it's a real in the lines. Of course, you really have to make up that you have to make that up later. If you want to be a playoff. That, that's why I'm not concerned about Dallas. Like Dallas played a road game against the team that I think. That's why I would team. be concerned about San Francisco. Sp- right. Because they're supposed to the division, lose the road playoff team. Game. They played ostensibly the worst team in their division at home and they lost. Yeah. Right. Well, so good news. They, they right get the now, Jets you're almost, and the Dolphins and the Patriots. If you're the, if you're the 49ers, like best case scenario now, you're hoping you can go three and three in the division. Right. Well, I mean, they're going to they're gonna beat the Jets by so many points this week, the NFL might give them two wins. Okay. All right, well, we'll see. All right, let's get to number nine and number eight. It's the uh, Bills and the Patriots. Bills, if, if the Jets are as bad as we, as we said they are, then we can't draw too many conclusions about the Bills just yet. And Patriots also got to play the Dolphins. So those teams are eight and nine. We're going to have to see them play someone else before we I, uh, you, I mean, I don't know how much you saw of the Jet game, but you know 27-17 is an absurd score for the Jets-Bills game, right? Yeah, it was garbage time, yeah. I mean, it's not just garbage time. The Bills, again. the Bills were up 21 nothing and driving. Josh Allen fumbled twice in the red zone. The Bills missed two field goals. One of them was actually Well, this is what happened in week one last year it. in the game that you blamed Kyrie Vedvik for losing for you, where the Bills totally outplayed you, but because of fumbles and stuff like that. But the Jets know. led that game 16 nothing. Like, at least the Jets were an NFL yeah. team in that game. Like, the Bills could have won this game. If they play this game t- uh, 10 times, the Bills win all 10, hmm. and one of them is 51-0. to <laughs> Okay, well, no they're joke. going to Miami this week, and so let's see what happens. It, it should be another easy win, but we'll see. Uh, the Patriots will have it uh, much more difficult in week two than they did in week one because they're going at Seattle. So we'll see, um, we'll see what they are, and we'll see what Cam is. Um, we'll reserve talk for that when we talk about the week two games. Uh, rest of my power rankings, number seven, I have the Rams. Um, you know, I don't know why I moved them all the way up to seven, considering that they won a game I expected them to win at home and, you know, in a fairly close game. So I'm not really sure why I have them this high. But on number six, I have the Packers. Uh, I apologize to Aaron Rodgers and all the Packers fans for my trash that I talked. Number five, I have Seattle. Uh, again, apologize there since I had them losing in Atlanta. Number four, I have Pittsburgh. Just, you know, a defenestration of the Giants. Saquon did nothing, as we said. Ingram did nothing. But, you know, Danny Dimes did not look that good for the most part. But it might just be the Giants. And then uh, I have the top three. It's the same top three I had in the preseason. I have uh, Saints at three, Ravens at two, and Chiefs at one. I think there's no question that that's the, that's the first tier. I don't know who – I mean, unless Seattle's just off the charts great now, 
I don't know who breaks into that that tier. Or like for some reason Buffalo is just Buffalo might be an amazing regular season team. That might be my prediction. Like I don't think Buffalo's winning the Super Bowl, but I could also see them being this year's Titans. You know, that goes like twelve and four, thirteen and three. I want to see, right. now. I want to see Buffalo against like Seattle and San Francisco and the, and the good. We'll, we'll, we'll get a chance to see some decent games. Yeah. All right. Um, why don't we stop the podcast now and then we'll go over to the patron side to do. Um, uh, you're going to guess the week two lines live. You have not guessed it yet. I have not seen the lines. We'll do. We'll do week two pick. Yeah. And I'll okay. guess the lines and and other stuff. There. All right. Talk to that again. Bye bye. All right. In one minute. Bye. If I never showed up, what could have been?